Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Father, I thank you today that every man and woman who entered this place feeling defeat, discouragement, depression, despair, these things are removed in your presence. For it is right here where you are that there is fullness of joy. It's where your presence is. Your presence brings the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, your hand of strength, your hand of power, your hand of authority, at your right hand for me are pleasures forevermore. This is why we remain in a mode of worship and thanksgiving. Because I know it's looked big, but it's not bigger than the thing that's surrounding you. The presence of the living, eternal, almighty God. So we praise you today, Lord, for the victory you have in Jesus Christ. That the people who are full of hope and full of faith today, in spite of the battle, if you believe you have the victory in Jesus, come on and shout amen and let the kingdom of darkness know you believe it. Come on, let hell know. Let the enemy know. I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise the Lord. If you would, just for a moment, just stand your feet with me for just a moment. I want to encourage you to uh, just look at somebody next to you and just let them know, I came dressed for the battle. I came dressed for the battle. I came dressed for the battle. Can I, uh, I want to show you something that, this is going to be my daughter's when they get cell phones and some dude starts texting them, bring me that, give me the image. The dude says, where are you? My girl says, at home laying down. He says, what are you wearing? She says, the full armor of God. Have a blessed night, sir. Peace. Come on, women. Come on, daughters of the king. Woo. Hey. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Come on, I know some of you got dreams, you got goals, you got things you're running for, but the Bible's telling us we need to take a stand against the schemes, the lies, the wiles, the tricks, the deceit of Satan himself. Put on the full armor of God. How many could probably say that you felt that you've been under demonic attack since the beginning of 2019? How many can say, Pastor, I can go back even further than that. I've been under attack for quite, for quite some time. And here's what I know. There's not one person in this room who has not been under some kind of attack and if, and if you're not currently going through one, one is coming. And you've got to understand it doesn't matter how blessed you are. It doesn't matter how happy you are. It doesn't matter how successful you are. There is an attack that is designed of the enemy to take you out. But the Bible tells us very clear, there is something we can do to stand against his schemes, against his plans, against his tricks. And it's to put on the full armor of God. I believe that God is going to bless you in 2019 in great ways. But you have to come dressed for the battle. You have to come ready for the attack. It's coming against your marriage. It's coming against your finances. It's coming against your health. 
It's coming against your children. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to prepare you. So you will stand fully dressed, fully clothed in the armor of God to know that if I wear this armor, that means I can withstand. Come on, somebody. I'm not just standing here taking it like like a punchy bag. I can withstand all the attacks of the enemy. Do I have any people that believe in 2019? No matter what weapon is formed against you, it shall not prosper. Amen. Amen. Here's what I do know. If you are up under attack, it's because there's something to be gained. Come on, you don't jump the homeless person. What are you going to get from them? You you don't attack the, the person who's broke and has nothing. You go after the person that has something of value, something of worth. And you, the only thing the enemy knows is that if I can stop them, if I can, if I can hinder them, if I can harm them, if I can get them emotional, if I can get them to, to not come fully dressed, maybe, just maybe, they will not withstand my attack. You've got to know the reason you are targeted is because you have something the enemy's trying to take. You are valuable. You are important. So before you be seated, I want you to take a moment, just encourage the person standing next to you, as awkward as it might seem, and let them know they are valuable. They have something of worth. God loves them. Give them the cheesy Jesus loves you if he needs it. I understand it's championship Sunday, but you're missing the point of the championship Sunday. And it's not about the AFC or the NFC. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ is the eternal champion and he lives within you. Therefore, you have... I hope you DVR the game. We might be going till game time today. Hallelujah. All right, let, 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 let's, let's give it up for our praise and worship team. If I keep him up here, I will keep going. All right, thank you all. Go on, go on, go on. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> Paul tells the Ephesians, put on the full armor of God. Someone say full armor. I want to isolate one piece today because this is going to coincide with what I ministered two weeks ago. And firstly, man, thank God for last week, for our anniversary services. Thank God for Pastor Will Ford, what he spoke over our church. Praise God for our mayor and what he declared over us as a ministry as well. Man, we're walking in these things. Now, maybe we put a big target on ourselves, but bring it, enemy, because it's not going to prosper. It's, we are going to see the victory, ultimately today, because we are standing with the full armor of God. There's one portion of the, the full armor I want to isolate today, if I can, for just a few moments, because I need you to know, and maybe you've heard this if you've been in church any length of time, the battle is in your mind. The mind is the place of a battlefield, but let me take that a step further. The enemy's not just fighting for your mind. He's fighting for your head. He's fighting for the head. So the Bible tells us this, that there is a, a helmet that we must put on to protect our head. The 17th verse of Ephesians 6 says to, to take the helmet of salvation. See, even if you're going through something today, you, you've got to know that this is, this is not the time to lose your covering. This is not the time to lose your protection. This, if I, if I, this is not the time to lose your head. Yeah. 
This is is not the time for that. Take the helmet of salvation. Now, why does Paul tell us to put on the helmet of salvation? Okay, I understand protecting my heart. I understand protecting my loins. I I understand the sword of the spirit. I I understand the shield of faith. What is about my, my head that Paul is getting at? When he tells the Corinthian church there in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he lays it out for them that the weapons that we fight with, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal weapons. Okay? You yelling at your kids, you, you giving the middle finger to the person who upset you, these are carnal weapons, guns, swords, weapons of mass destruction, carnal weapons. That's not what we fight with. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal weapons, but the weapons we have are mighty through God, check it out now, to pulling down strongholds. How do we pull down those strongholds? The very verse, the next verse tells us, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against what? Every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So do you understand the enemy's attack is not just against you. It's the attack against what you know about God. I I got it. I got it. I know that I'm healed, but the symptoms come to tell me that I'm not. I know that I'm blessed, but the lack comes to tell me and convince me that I'm not. I know that I'm loved, but the hurt and the loss come to make me believe that I'm not. I know that I'm more than an overcomer, but the things that come against me try to convince me that I'm not. The attack is not just against you. The attack is against what you know about God. So we have to cover our minds with the helmet of salvation. And this is how I'm able to cast, listen to me, this is how I can cast down every stupid thought, every imaginative, ridiculous idea that pops into my head. Maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe I am supposed to suffer. Maybe I'm always going to be broke. Maybe it is hereditary and I will have the disease as well. These things don't come from the Father. And how do we counteract those thoughts? By protecting our heads, by putting on the helmet of salvation. Here's what I know. Whether you like it or not, you are in a headbutting contest with the devil. You guys are butting heads all the time. He's trying to push you back off of everything that God has promised you, off of everything that God has, has said was yours. The enemy is literally doing everything he can to, to make you think the promises of God are not for me. How do I know this? Because the first battle the enemy waged was not with a sword. It, it was not with weapons. It was with words, deceit in the garden. And he convinced Adam ultimately to give up what was rightfully his. The, the battle is in the mind. It was so awesome though. When Adam gave up 
And when, when Adam surrendered to the deceit, Satan tried that same tactic with Jesus. And Jesus would not let the enemy deceive him because he came back with what he knew to be true about God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So when Satan tries to attack my mind, I can concede to the lie like Adam, or I can stand firm on what I know like Jesus did, and I can let the enemy know here today. I will not be deceived. I will not be misled. I will not be manipulated, and I will not be moved. I know this. Satan is always going to lie. Jesus said he's a liar from the beginning and the father of lies. Every thought he puts in your mind, even when it feels like the truth, it's always deceptive. It always has an end result. To lie, to manipulate, to twist what is true. So what does Jesus tell us in John chapter 8, verse 32? He says, you want to live in freedom from the deceit of the enemy? You want to live in freedom from every lie you've ever been told about who you are, where you're going, who you're supposed to be? Jesus says you will know the truth. And the truth you know, not just truth, but the truth you know will set you free. I see too many Christians that are still bound up because they've heard the truth, but they don't know. The truth you know, Jesus says, will set you free. So biblically speaking, the head. In Scripture, the head speaks to authority. The head speaks to government. Most Christians I know, and I hate to tell you this is the truth, but most Christians I know are not governed by their head. They're governed by something just a little lower. I was told to guard my heart. Yes, you weren't told to be governed by it. Most folk we know, they are, come on, they're just emotional. Why are you looking at your neighbor? <laughs> Emotional people. This is how, honestly, how most Americans tend to govern themselves by their hearts. Do whatever you want. Whatever your heart tells you to do, just follow it. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Amen. There's a little Christian meme for the day. Follow Jesus. The Bible tells us in, in Jeremiah 4, or 17 that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can really, don't follow your heart, it's going to deceive you. And most people we know that are so emotional, and here's the thing, they're, they're, they're trying to govern their life out of, out of a heart place, out of an emotional place, but they're in a head battle. It makes no sense. You know, my warfare is here, but I'm trying to be led from from here, and, and what ends up happening time and time again is, is that I, I, my emotions lead the way. I, I, just, I just don't feel it today, Pastor. So don't ask me to, to lift my hands because I, I know I should, but I don't, I don't feel like it. I, I know I should be serving, but I, I don't feel like it. I know I should forgive, but I just don't 
feel it in my heart. How many of us are still governed by our feelings when the Bible says the head is the place of authority? The mind is the place of government. Right here, so you have to protect your minds. Hmm. Here's what I do need to let you know about your, your feelings, okay? Your feelings are never going to cooperate with your dreams anyway. Your feelings are never going to cooperate with your goals, with your hopes. It's your feelings. I mean, how many, how many really feel like investing every moment and every penny they've got into making their business succeed? I don't feel like it. But I know I have to. I know that I must. I know that God is not going to bless my procrastination. God's going to bless what I put my hands to work to do. I can't be governed by my feelings. And how many people even today have totally forfeited what God has given them because they've been overly emotional, led by their heart, led by their desires? How many Christians right now that your marriages are all jacked up because you don't operate by what you know? Wives, submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord, and husband love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. We don't do that. We, we are in marriage purely by emotion. And if I get angry, or I get hurt, or I get upset, or I don't get what I want, am I doing okay? Should I stay here for a moment longer? I have watched a generation of young people around me move and sway and be led by emotion how they feel. I've watched adults as they mature into adulthood. I've, I've watched them miss out completely on the better things God has for them and almost forfeit some of his blessings, some of his provision, some of the grander things he wants to give them because they don't use their head. Can I tell you what I tell my, my kids all the time? I do this all the time to them. Use the head God gave you. I'm going to use the hand he gave me. I'm about to call DC. Go ahead, call him. I'll call him for you. I'll tell, I'll, tell you, I'll tell him what my kid did and why they deserve what they get. Oh, how dare you? Just read your Bible. Hold on. I'll get to that in just a moment. Because you emotional creatures are rising up against me right now. You're about to put this all over your Instagram and Facebook. The pastor whips his kids. Dang straight I do. And that's why my kids, come on, that's why my kids know better. Use the head God gave you. So I come at my kids, and I let them know constantly, constantly, God has given you understanding. He's given you wisdom. Don't be led by your emotions. Your emotion says pull your sister's hair because of what she took from you. But your head says, if I do that, here comes daddy. I know what's coming next. Ooh, I really sound abusive, don't I? I mean... <laughs> Let me be clear. I've never, I've never hit my kids. I've never punched my kids, but I have spanked them. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Because we are emotional beings, if we only operate out of heart and emotion, desire or passion, and we don't use the head God has given us, you've got to know that we're actually missing out on greater opportunities. 
What does the Bible tell us in Romans chapter 7, verse 25? It doesn't tell me that I serve the Lord with my, my emotions or I serve him with my heart or I, I serve him with my desires or I serve him with my... The Bible tells me I serve the Lord with my mind, with my mind, with my understanding. Someone says it's time to grow up a little bit. Yeah, time to grow up a little bit. And my God, anybody who's, come on, you're throwing a temper tantrum at the age of 30. I got it when you're three, but when you're still 30, you're still throwing temper tantrums and kicking and screaming and acting a fool. It's time to grow up a little bit and serve the Lord with your, with your mind. You sure I'm doing okay? I'm feeling the spiritual daggers coming at me today. Good thing I got my mind protected. Thank you, Jesus. See, the person who does not function out of their head is a person without government. You don't function out of your head. You will function without authority. Let me, let me do this for just a moment if I can. Let me take you to, to the book of 1 Samuel. If you're familiar with the story of, of Samuel, the high priest at that time was named Eli. Eli was an old man. The Bible tells us he was up there in years. He was actually extremely overweight. His eyesight was going. Okay. Now, he was the head, if you will, of the nation of Israel as the high priest. But the Bible tells us this. He had two sons who served as priests, but these guys were constantly, listen now, they were stealing from the offering and then threatening people's lives if they didn't give exactly what they demanded. Stealing from the offerings. And on top of that, check this out. If you've got a, if you've got a young child in the, in the room, you might want to cover their ears for just a moment. And they were sleeping with all of the church women who stood and served in the tabernacle. And this was open to everybody. Everyone knew it. And Eli, though he reprimanded them, he did nothing about it because he was led by his emotions. Even though he was the head, even though he was the government, even though he was the authority, he did not use the head God gave him to lead. He used his heart and he let his boys continue to live in sin. And what happens when you are, when you are headless? What happens when your vision begins to go dim? What happens when you no longer correct the problems in front of you and you let your heart lead the way what happens is the destruction of the things around you because the Bible tells us that the Philistines came up against Israel and the two sons said let's take the Ark of the Covenant into battle and we will win but the Bible says in that very same battle both the boys were killed the nation of Israel was completely routed and the Ark of God was taken by the enemy Man, Eli, had you just corrected your boys, had you actually just loved them enough to actually discipline them, you know how I know you love your kid? According to Scripture, give me that verse there in Proverbs 13 if you can. Whoever, and this is good for the beginning of the year, when I'm, when I'm rethinking how I want to really structure my family and discipline my children, whoever spares the rod, say it, Hates. What? Now, you can disagree with me all you want to. You can say that's politically incorrect, and there's, there's no way. But the Word of God says, who spares the rod? Well, look it up in the Hebrew. It means rod. Yep. 
I love how I'm taking biblical instruction and, and it's so counterintuitive to the pushback I'm getting from this modern thinking. As though you, as though you understand better than the creator of the universe and his holy word. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves his child is diligent to discipline. Listen to me. Your little baby kids running around over there acting a fool. I'm going to be clear about this. I am raising up a group of disciples. And if you refuse to discipline them during the week, trust me, when they're under my care, I will make sure they understand what a disciple means. It means to be disciplined in your walk, disciplined in your speech, disciplined in how you talk back to authority. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to raise your baby kids. I'm trying to raise up disciples of Jesus Christ. So I got it. Not everybody's going to like it. And your parenting style can be different than mine, but mine's the word of God. And ultimately, every child that I have spanked along the way, all four of them, not that they come back and thank me right away, but the next time, would you like to revisit where we just were. <laughs> I'm raising a disciple. And if you don't believe this is biblical, our new covenant, then read Hebrews chapter 12. Read it. Where it makes it very clear that God, because he loves us, he chastises us. That doesn't mean he goes around whipping us, but he sure, he sure as heck is going to make sure we get whipped into shape. And who he's called us to be. It's a part of discipline. And I understand. This is, this is so, so flies in the face of what modern, modern ideology, what, what modern uh, uh, parenting would tell you. You're not going to see this in Parenting Magazine. I got it. Okay. But you will see biblically. Don't abuse your kid. Don't punch your kid. Don't even, sometimes she might a little smack in the face. Don't pull her hair. You get out that rod of correction. And you use the backside that God padded for a reason. And you let them know you will not operate or act or talk or act or think this way ever again. Because you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And this does not reflect who we are as Christians. No more of this nonsense. Or I'll keep whipping it out of you until you get it. If Eli would have disciplined his sons, the nation of Israel, Israel would not have been routed. Sin would have been stopped. And ultimately, Eli would not have lost his head. Let me show you what happened in Scripture. The Bible tells us this in 1 Samuel 4, 17. The messenger brought the news. Israel fled before the Philistines, and the army has suffered heavy losses. Also, your two sons are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Now check out verse 18. As soon as the ark of God was mentioned, Eli could handle Israel losing a battle. Eli could handle even losing the lives of his own sons. But as soon as the ark of God was mentioned, Eli fell backwards from his chair by the city gate, and he broke his neck, and he died. Scriptures go on to tell us this. 
As soon as his daughter-in-law, who was pregnant, hears that her husband was dead, that her father-in-law was dead, and that the Ark of the Covenant had been captured, the Bible tells us she collapsed and went right into labor. And as she's dying, she names her son Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord has departed. Why did the glory depart? Because the head was gone. I came to tell you today, if you want to give God something to anoint, you can't give him your heart. You can't give him your hopes. You can't give him your hands. You got to give God a head to anoint. Give him something that he can pour his oil on. So the glory. So the glory of the Lord can come upon us. My God. You know, I'm reminded of this verse. I'm, I'm 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 out of whack right now, but I'm reminded of this verse in Psalms 20. 24-7. It says, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, O ye everlasting doors. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up, be ye lifted up, O ye everlasting doors. Here's why. Because the king of glory shall come in. Somebody today, you need to decide in your heart once and for all, I'm not going to be led by emotion. I'm going to be led by my head, by my thinking, by what I know. God's not going to anoint my emotions. God is going to anoint my head, my mind. If I want to see the glory of the Lord, I've got to lift up my head and give him something to pour his anointing on. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. For the King of glory shall come in. And who is that King of glory? Ooh, the Lord, righteous and mighty in battle. See, if I was the devil, I would be doing everything that I possibly could to keep your head foggy. I'd be doing everything I possibly could to keep you confused. Do everything I could to possibly keep your mind just wrapped up and tied up in temporal earthly things. If I, was, if I was literally the enemy, I would be doing everything I could to make sure you keep governing your life by your heart and not your head. Does this make sense to your head? If so, can I get an amen? If you're really mad at me right now in your heart, go and say amen. The enemy is always trying to get us to be a kingdom without a king. A body without a head. And while you are busy always trying to manage your feelings and get everyone else around you to feel what you feel, want what you want, give you what you want, while you're so busy managing your emotions, you've got to know today, simply, this is why you are not making progress in life. You're not supposed to be led by your heart, by your emotions. When you were born, the natural way of birth is to always come out at first. You are going to make progress in life when you stop letting your emotions govern your every decision. And you let the mind God gave you lead you. Coming out head first. Let me say this last thing and I'll wrap up. My sister-in-law, Courtney, understands horses. She understands how to clean up after horses. She understands how to ride horses, feed them, care for them. 
She also understands that a 110-pound jockey can tame an 1,100-pound thoroughbred by simply taking control of its head. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Greater. You are bigger than your enemy. But if you let that 110-pound demon continue to take control of your 1,100-pound anointing, of your 1,100-pound calling, of your 1,100-pound debt, Am I, am I doing okay? Uh, I'm just trying to talk to some people who have a purpose in this room. So people who understand the reason I'm alive in 2019 is because God has something for me to accomplish. Otherwise, he would have called me home a long time ago. I am here for a purpose. I have a destiny. And it doesn't matter how I've been treated or what I've lost or what 2018 took from me. It matters right here today. I am alive for a reason. And in 2019, I am tired of letting some scrawny, skinny, ugly-looking demon take control of my future by constantly putting thoughts in my mind that are governing my direction in life. How can something so small control something so great? Because it has control of the head. But I'm looking at some men and women here today. When the Bible says, who can know the heart? God says, I, the Lord, I know the heart. And I test the, the reins. See, I know my Lord reigns, but what happens when you finally give him the reins? You know what I'm talking about. The reins on a horse. The reins of my life. The reins of my heart. The reins of my mind. What happens when I ultimately say to God, I will put on the full armor. And today I will put on the helmet of salvation. And tomorrow when I wake up and I don't feel like praying, I will put on the helmet of salvation. And when somebody does me wrong and I want to hold unforgiveness in my heart, I will put on the helmet of salvation. And when the enemy comes in like a flood and the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him, but I still feel fear and I still feel anxiety, I'm not going to move forward by my feeling. I will put on the helmet of salvation. And when I can't find a brother or sister to encourage me, to be there for me, to, to uplift me, and, and I feel broken and empty and lonely, I will not let my heart govern what happened next. I will put on the helmet of salvation and simply say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Am I looking at a generation here today that agrees with me? There are too many emotional people that don't operate and govern their lives by who they know God to be, by what they know about God. Trust me, you wouldn't get so upset with me every Sunday if you put on the helmet of salvation. Because I'm not trying to attack your life. I'm trying to advance it. But you cannot let your heart keep telling you better than what God has already put in your head. Here's what I know about God. 
He is a healer. Does anybody know it? Here's what I know about God. He's the lover of my soul. Does anybody know it? Here's what I know about God. Though others forsake me, he will never leave me nor forsake me. Does anybody know it? Here's what I know about God. Oof. When I feel downcast and discouraged and I want to give up, here's what I know about God. He will be faithful to reward me if I don't give in, if I don't become weary in well-doing. He will not be mocked. I will reap what I sow if I keep going. I know this about God. He's going to bless me if I don't keep following my emotions. But if I put on a full armor and stand and let the enemy know, you can't change my minds I know who God is I know who God is I know who God is I'm looking for somebody to do more than just clap your hands and get emotional do you know who God is do you know that he's your savior do you know that he's your present help in the time of trouble do you know that he loves you with an everlasting love do you know that you have the right to be called child of God. I want to talk to people who know something today. Those who can just simply say, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that thing, everything I've committed unto him against that coming day. The people who know him, can you just lift your hands with me all over this room? The people who know him. an attack coming against your mind why because the devil wants your head he wants to control your life control the reins of your future you've got to decide here today uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation I know my God I trust my God somebody today just cover your mind right now cover your head right now cover your, your imaginations Right, hear me, cover your imaginative thoughts right now. Cover them. Put on the helmet of salvation. Cover your mind. Last thing I want to tell you. You need to cover what you say within yourself about yourself. I'll say it again. You need to cover within yourself what you say about yourself. Let me say it again, just in case you, that doesn't make sense. Be careful what you say about yourself. I'm reminded of a woman who was bleeding for 12 long years, 12 being the number of government. But look what she did. Though she was unclean, though she was cut off from her family, though she was cut off from the people who loved her, though she felt like my life doesn't matter, she, she, she said this within herself. Give me that verse there in Matthew. She said within herself, if I only touch his garments. See, this is how you've got to be. This is not a heart thing. This is not an emotion thing. You could, if you were bleeding for 12 years and you spent all your money and no one could help you, doctors could not figure out your problem, your family had left you, the law of God said you could not touch anything because you were unclean. You might let your heart lead the way and said, there's no hope for me. I might as well give up. I've been used. I've been abused. I've been broken. I'm bleeding out. I might as well die. Or 
you can say within yourself, if I but touch the hem of the garment of he who is the Do you hear what I'm saying? If I could, I'm just trying to challenge you this year to watch what you say about yourself. Watch what you say. Cover what you say within yourself. Right now, by the Spirit of God, I rebuke everything that was ever said about you that was wrong. I rebuke everything that was ever told you that you believed in spite of what God has said. I rebuke right now in the name above all names everything that has ever made you think you were less than, unworthy, unvaluable, unlovable, that you had no hope or no future goals, nothing to, to plan for, nothing to believe about. I rebuke these lies in the name of Jesus. And I, I cover you right now in the truth that your heavenly Father loves you. He adores you. And He's never given up on you. And He has a plan for your 2019 if you would just decide today stop following your heart and cover your mind cover what you say about yourself I am loved I am loved you are loved where's the men and women today that simply just will agree with me then I need to cover my mind today. I need to cover my head today. I need to cover my authority today. See, I, I'm, I'm going to wrap up now because I get to this next week. Do you understand what happens when you go headless? When Eli broke his neck, his government came to an end. This is why Satan is trying to remove your mind from the equation. Because then your authority will come to an end. But here's the thing about my God. Even though Eli and his authority and his government have ended, God raises up a Samuel. God is raising up a generation of people. Am I looking at them today? A generation of believers. When I hear God's voice, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Your son is listening. Speak, Lord. Your kingdom come and your will be done. I'm not listening with my heart. I'm listening with my head. Speak, Lord. I will do your will. Speak, Lord. I will see my city change. Speak, Lord. I will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Speak, Lord. I will cast out demons in your name. Speak, Lord. I will see hope and restoration for my family, for my ministry for my calling I will see it in my head some things you have to see with your mind before you see with your eyes visualize it imagine it and then cover that thing and don't let Satan tell you otherwise I just want to take a moment and pray over the people say I, I need my mind to be covered I need to give God something to anoint. 
How about instead of, Lord, bless everything I do in 2019, how about this? Lord, you don't anoint my hands first. Thou anointest my head. That's what causes my cup to run it over. If I can give him my head, my cup's going to you know Psalms 23. Don't get caught up on the part, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That. I'm asking you still at the first month of this year, can you give God something to anoint? Can you give God something that says, he, not just led by my emotion, but led by your spirit. And your spirit is revealing everything that is in your mind to my mind. So today, Lord, I've given you something to anoint. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Then surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life in 2019 and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Who's this for today? Who just needs the mind covered? You just need your head covered. Just raise your hands where you are. Say, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. All right. Do me a favor and just step out into this aisle right here. Step on this aisle. Come on. Come on, step on this aisle. Step out right here. Just step out right in the middle. Yep, right there. Whoo, my God. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I need some believers in this house here today who you're not governed by your emotions, but by your minds, by the head God has given you, by the authority God has given you. Lift your hands with me right now all over this room. I'm going to ask everyone that can as much as you can to kind of fit in because I'm going to come through. I'm going to lay hands on everyone's mind. I'm going to lay hands on your head. I'm going to lay hands on your head. That's what I'm going to do. Lay hands on your head. And this is going to happen here today. Not from my touch, but the touch of Almighty God. It's going to touch your mind. You're going to cast down imaginations. You're going to cast down every thought, high thought, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You are loved. You are destined. You are important. You are valuable. You are a child of God. Hear me and disregard every lie of Satan. You have a hope. You have a future. You have a calling. You have it. I need to speak over though just for a moment. Everyone in this room. God has shown you things about your future. But the lies of the enemy have distorted now what you believe about yourself. It's part of the reason I'm praying for covering for your mind, but I, I need to take this extra moment and call this out. If you believe anything less than what God has said about you, if you believe anything less than who God has called you to be, you are forfeiting. You are, you are, you are forfeiting the future and the plans God has for your life. Now listen to me. I know God will work all things together for good, but what are you missing out on right now? By letting this distorted, twisted lie of Satan make you believe something else about who God says you are. Can I call it what it is? BS. Your belief system. In Jesus' name, 
what God showed you, what God said about you. From this day forward, the enemy cannot twist it. He cannot manipulate it. He cannot change it. He cannot alter it. He can do nothing about it. Today, you do not agree with his lies anymore. Today, you agree with the truth about everything God has said about you and everything God has for you even today. Let me close this out with this. Paul said that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed even like his death. There's one thing you need to know in 2019. It is Jesus. You need to know Jesus. 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 I want to leave everyone in this place today with a blessing. And I'm going to continue to pray for everyone else. What you need to know in this room, in this room, with everything you, you want to know and everything you want to learn and everywhere you want to go, He's the head. He will get you there. You will get into it head first. So let him lead you. Let him guide you. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. For anyone who needs this, I send you out in blessing. I send you out in joy. I send you forth with victory. I send you forth with peace. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact. Thank you.